Hi, this is Amanda. And this is Lindsay. We're True Creeps. Where the stories are true. And the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore. To the possibly plausible paranormal. To horrifying history. To tense and terrible true crime. And everything else that goes bump in the night. We want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Happy New Year, everyone. I know last year we did New Year, Save Me. And this year we have kind of a twist on that. Today we are going to dive into the world of doppelgangers. Yeah. Which is all over the place, I feel. Since we started talking about it, I'm like, oh, every time I open TikTok, it's doppelgangers. Every time I open Facebook, there's something about doppelgangers. And then I sit there for 30 minutes reading. Yeah, I feel like it's a word that's now used to describe like, this person looks like me. Oh, my God. And we'll talk about that in a second. But like, I feel like it's one of those words that people are like, it's how you now describe someone who looks like you. Yeah, but there's a lot more to it. So we're going to tell you about it. Yeah, there's a creepy past. So what is a doppelganger? Well, today, the term doppelganger is often used to describe a twin stranger or someone who looks very similar to you. Doppelganger, though, translates to double goer or double walker in German. They are a reflection or a double of a person, not someone who just looks very similar. So the topic can kind of go two different ways. Yeah. Depending on if you're truly talking about a doppelganger or just someone similar. Yeah. The term appeared for the first time in 1796 in Johann Paul Frederick Richter's Siebenkets. So mythology of spirit doubles can be traced back, though, thousands of years. So it is quite old. One of the first religions to discuss the idea of doubles was Zoroastrianism. Very long word, very hard to say. (laughs) And it's one of the world's oldest monotheistic religions, having originated from ancient Persia. Many believe that it influenced the belief system of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. It does, however, contain both monotheistic and dualistic features. So monotheism is a religion with one God. And then in some religions, dualism would mean the belief in two supreme opposed powers of gods or sets of divine or demonic beings that cause the world to exist. So it's interesting that this has both parts in different ways, I guess. I think it's in like the different factions of them. Yeah, I mean, I think that just generally religions often have common themes. Yeah. So I feel like it tracks. It tracks. Yeah. So one of the earliest references of spirit doubles might be from Zervanite, and that's a branch of it. Coolest name of a religion, by the way. Just like (laughs) so many Zs. So much fun. So much fun. Yeah. I say just knowing like what we have here. (laughs) And uh, per ancient origins in this branch, they saw a model with twins, essentially. So like manifested twins that were Ara Mazda and Agra Manyo. And they were co-eternal representatives of good and evil. So it was like opposites, but similar, you know? Okay. So they're like two parts of a whole with each. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that they kind of had partial doppelgangers there, right? Because one was good, one was evil, and we'll we'll talk about why later. Yeah. So we're going to shift and talk about other cultures and their beliefs with doppelgangers or with doubles. Because one of the things that we saw in our research was that those terms are kind of used interchangeably. So even before there was the word doppelganger, there was the thought of it. We use the word ghost now, 
But people talked about spirits before then. Yeah, for sure. So in Egyptian mythology, they talked about doubles as a ka, and they were a tangible spirit double. And this double would also have the same memories and feelings as the person they were doubling. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. In Norse folklore, there was the Vardiger, and they are ghostly beings that preceded their living counterparts, taking their places at various activities and performing their actions in advance. And to me, do you know what that sounds like? Deja vu. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're the second one doing the thing, spirituality is, like, very individual to certain people. But I've always felt like deja vu is when you're on the right path, you're, like, clicking into the train track. I think we've discussed that before. Yeah. I could see it that way. And then also the other side that I've read about is you're visiting the place in your dream or something along those lines. And you've been there before, but like your actual self has not been there before. Yes. Yes. Like you've either astral projected, we'll talk about it, or you've like visited in a dream state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think this is one of my like favorite of the folklore parts of it and then if you think about it too like this isn't a sinister version of the doppelganger story because when you think doppelganger if you're not thinking oh my god they look like me you're often going to be like it's kind of a negative situation generally i feel like also so in scotland and the orkney islands they have a legend about trowels and what they are is they're fairy-like creatures that they would give birth to children who were often sickly and so i'm assuming that means that their children would not survive right because they're sick and in this area the people would guard pregnant women because they were afraid of the trowels because they thought that they would steal people's babies and replace them with their own sickly children and those children were called changelings because they would transform into exact replicas of those stolen children that's horrifying and terrifying i also would like to know everything about a trowel but that's not what we're here to do today right yeah when i was reading a little bit about them i wanted to go further and then i was like i need to stop because i will continue way too long yeah i was like each time we like got to a different culture i was like we could just do this one <laughs> we could the last culture we're going to talk about are the hopi native americans and their legends refer to twins who were called child of the sun and child of the water and they believe in a duality between the upper world and the underworld and that whatever happens in the upper world has the opposite happen in the underworld and i just feel like this is a really good point for you to just take a moment and think what movies do these make me think of because especially this one really calls one into my old noggin and we're going to talk about it at the very end about all the different ways in which you'll find doppelgangers in art and poetry and tv and music and movies but keep it banging around in that noggin of yours <laughs> so let's go into some of the legends and the beliefs because they are different everywhere it seems but the original ones seem a little more creepy yeah so sometimes a doppelganger refers to a ghostly figure or an entity that is sinister in nature some believe them to be demons that have taken the form of a living person. The sight of a doppelganger, either yours or someone else, is considered a bad omen or bad luck. Some consider them just plain evil. Another thing that comes into this is like when they think of it as evil, that's kind of where the evil twin seems to come from is, oh, it's their doppelganger, their evil twin. There's only one good one. Yeah. So characteristics and identification of a doppelganger. They would look exactly like you 
but not be you. So according to the paranormal guide, these doubles may at times be seen by others as performing a person's actions before the real person makes them, or they may be a shadow performing the same movements, but after they have happened. Creepy. I will say, I think this is the first supernatural occurrence of something looking like a person, not being that person, and not having a different foot. <laughs> oh, no goose foot anywhere. No goose foot, no backwards foot, no interesting feet here. I was like, oh, we had to stumble upon this eventually, that there was going to be something with no foot portion of it. But now there is a foot portion of it. You're welcome. You know what I immediately thought of when I was reading about like it potentially being a shadow either doing the thing before or after is I thought of the scene in Peter Pan when his shadow's all crazy. Yeah. That. That's what I thought of. As soon as you started talking about it, in my brain, I was like, it's Peter Pan. That's where we're going, which I'm not even like that big of a fan of. But I was very <laughs> excited and was like, just very excited on this side. Same brain. Yes, yeah, same brain. Same brain over here. <laughs> However, some say that they've seen a doppelganger in the mirror next to their actual reflection or a somewhat distorted version of their own reflection. And that is probably the scariest thing that I can think of is like looking in the mirror and then be like, that's not me. I have chills just even like hearing that phrase out loud. The idea of looking into a mirror and it's not you. Right. Well, the idea of even like looking in a mirror and then seeing something standing next to you. I think I've said that before, is that when I'm watching a horror movie and they're like looking in a mirror or they're looking at, I don't know, a piece of metal or something and they see the thing standing behind them in there. But then when they turn around, it's gone. That always gives me that sinking feeling. And then when I go to like brush my teeth, I'm like, well, something's behind me. It is going to come. You know how you don't have that issue if you rip the mirror door off of your <laughs> medicine cabinet and crash it into your tile toothbrush holder you then you won't worry about a mirror person because you'll be too focused on having a giant slab of a mirror in your hand and wondering like am i going to break this everywhere where do i get a replacement <laughs> this has to be more than seven years of bad luck well if you need that service done Lindsay is available for hire yeah i am available for hire if you'd like you can also lose very important jewelry in this process yeah. I was also going to say, well, first off, one, if you're talking about looking in the mirror and seeing somebody next to you who wasn't there, we talked about that in our Lincoln Park Zoo episode, that one of the ghosts haunts the bathroom near the lion enclosure, which I find hilarious. And then two, like how many times have you seen in movies, but also music videos where the person in the mirror is a different version? I feel like that's all over the place. Yeah. So let's get into what happens if you are fortunate, unfortunate enough to run into your doppelganger. So from the lore that we looked at, we saw that one, this could be a premonition for your death and or some great tragedy that it could be sometimes they will try to mess with your head and they may even offer advice but it's never good advice. It's like that toxic friend you have that like gives you advice because they want you to be as much of a mess as they are. You know, like that's who they are. They try to plant sinister ideas. Yeah. And what I think of, too, is another horror movie trope where the image in the mirror shows them to like complete the murder or to do something sinister. Right. Here's the knife or here's the gun. Why have we not said Kermit memes? You know, Kermit and Dark Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Amanda and I, when we're talking to each other so that we don't talk over each other all the time and we say we, mostly me, we raise our hand when the other person's talking so we know. I had two hands up 
I was like raising the roof, but in front of me, like I was like, I have to say the Kermit meme and I'm like bouncing back and forth. So it's going to sound weird, but you're welcome. I'm very sorry, but I had to say it. This is going to happen all through the episode where I'm going to be like, this is a doppelganger too. (laughs) The realizations are coming real time. Yeah. It's just like clicking into place. So if you happen upon your doppelganger, it would probably be a good idea to just not talk to it, try to act like you don't see it and move on because you don't know. Are they going to offer you bad advice? Are they going to try to get you to do something spooky? Or like say they are like mimicking some version of your death in front of you. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't want to know how I'm going to die because then I'll just live in fear of that. If I'm going to die by like, I don't know, choking, I don't want to be stressed every time I eat. Exactly. So, uh, Lindsay, guess what? There are doppelganger scientists. <laughs> I don't think that's their title. I like caught my breath. Uh, I think that it absolutely should be. <laughs> It should be, but it's not their title. But there are scientists that study things behind doppelgangers for some reason. And it's wonderful. I like it. So many people believe in the existence of a double self. And some scientists believe this phenomenon occurs based on injuries or stimulation to certain parts of the brain, which cause errors in spatial reasoning. Hmm. Very weird. So some believe that it's a result of a vision, a hallucination, or that we live in a parallel universe. Found that fascinating. I don't like it. We're going to get into it a little bit more in a little bit, but I don't like it. Don't like it. Yep. So some studies believe that doppelganger phenomenon may be explained by certain mental illnesses or brain tumors. Some illnesses cause hallucinations, and that could explain why people suddenly start seeing themselves. And it's called hutoscopy, and it can occur as a symptom of schizophrenia and sometimes even epilepsy. So some of those studies suggest that. However, there are other studies that suggest that hutoscopy isn't only caused by mental illness, and it is way more common than they originally thought. So according to Professor Christopher French... Many people just don't report it because they're worried about others thinking that they're crazy. So they may see themselves in certain situations and either double guess themselves or they're just like, I can't say anything because people will think I'm weird. Well, I mean, I feel like in our society, there's a lot of things that people don't talk about because they don't want people to think they're quote unquote crazy because we have such a stigma around mental illness and also things that are outside of the norm. Because what if seeing your doppelganger means that you have some ability to see it at parallel universe? What if that's what that means? Like you have some extra eye stuff going on, right? Your veil, your veil is not there. (laughs) It's lopsided. It's lopsided. I'm going to just say it like Chad Daybell. He's not going to be the one who's special anyway, because he is an oatmeal shoe of a person like oatmeal in a shoe. (laughs) Like that's who he is. So he's not going to get the special whatever, because I just refuse to accept that. Yeah, fair. But no, like what if people who think they can talk to God, like if we had like a modern day prophet, do you think that people would actually think that they weren't crazy, especially within like mainstream religions? I feel like they would be like, that's weird. Also, I don't know if you watch the show Evil. Have you ever watched that show? I've watched a couple episodes. I'm always asking you men about shows. The basic premise of the show is there's a psychiatrist, a person who's like on his way to becoming a priest, and 
there's also like a person who just knows a lot about a lot of things. Like he's like an everything scientist. Like he's like, oh, this is from like this type of mold. It can cause hallucinations. And you're like, why would you know that? But anyway, it's those three going to religious like phenomena and seeing if there's a worldly explanation for it. Yeah. The ones that I did watch, I liked. Yeah. And sometimes there is and sometimes there's not. But like there's that dramatic irony that you as the viewer can see the otherworldliness of it, but they can't. So I I really enjoy it because I think it's like spooky. And sometimes you're like, oh, that is just science, science. And sometimes the show says it is not science, science, not science, science. (laughs) Well, here's some more science, science. (laughs) Lee Roberts, a paranormal investigator. Science, science. Science, science, yes. (laughs) Told Professor French, okay, he's science, science, that he has found that people between the ages of 20 and 40 that are in a healthy body and mind are reporting seeing their doppelganger. Hmm. And French says, well, yes, this could be possible because between 20 and 40, that is the most stressful period in most people's lives. Only a few years left, Amanda. Only a few years left. (laughs) I want to think that I'm still in the lower part. Don't put me at the higher part. I am solidly in my mid-30s and proud of it. This is the best decade of my life. I'm serious. I also have the mentality that like, if you're looking back and going, the best part of my life was behind me, then you should reassess and reevaluate because it should continue to get better. So long. Right? Like, that's fair. Anywho, thanks for coming to my, uh, my woo-woo, let's all be happy talk. <laughs> well, these people from 20 to 40 really need it. I know. As <laughs> I'm part of that demographic. I know. I'm just telling you what I needed to hear five years ago. <laughs> well, Here's the reason why things like missed sleep can cause hallucinations and things like sleep paralysis, too, which also can have them seeing things that may not really be happening. Okay. So interestingly, outside of all of this, a lot of people go into, well, why? Why are people looking like other people? Right. So there's kind of two sides to this topic. And there's one side that's probably more likely right. But per bustle, we only have so many genes in the collective human gene pool. And while there are definitely a lot of variations, apparently those variations are eventually finite. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think that like when we're talking about those variations, though, we're talking about eye color, hair color. Exactly. We're not talking about we'll get into it in a second, but like width of someone's face. Right, right. And so, yeah, someone can have similar eyes based off of eye color. If you put them next to each other. Yeah. Or shape. Yeah. Yeah. People with blue eyes, you're going to be like, yeah, they look alike because they're so piercing and blue. Exactly. Not necessarily, though. Yeah. So per Dr. Tegan Lucas, who's a forensic anthropologist, they said that there is a one in a trillion chance that two or more people will match in the eight measurements of the face. And some of the measurements are like ear length and head circumference or the distance between your pupils. And when you look at the measurements of the body, it becomes a one in a quintillion chance. And I think that's one of the things that when you hear doppelganger, I feel like I automatically think of someone's face. I don't think of the whole kit and caboodle, right? Like I think of just the face, but like what are the odds that someone's going to have like the same thigh measurement of you as you, right? And like all of it. Basically be your actual double, not just you look alike. Yeah. So when looking for stories where I'm typing doppelganger stories in, right? And I'm seeing people pop up. And after reading that, I'm like, their pupils are farther apart. One person's head slightly bigger. Like I was like more in tune with like looking at those things. But so when you're talking about the digital age where you have CCTV footage, right? For suspects in crimes, these subtle differences suddenly become 
very important because like facial recognition software, if it's doing like shape of eye or like the way that your nose falls or the way that your lips are shaped, you could probably have somebody who could be a positive match, but is not a match. So one of the things that they're doing now is they're looking to see if they can identify suspects in criminal investigations based on body measurements that are taken from the footage. And oftentimes, like you'll see in some like convenience stores, they'll have like that big, like basically kind of roller on the wall. Yeah. And like that's one of the ways in which they're able to do that. So places that are more frequently robbed, they'll have stuff like that so that you can see it. And they found that you can reliably do this. You can reliably look at the person's measurements and go like, yes or no, that could be them. Because if someone's covering their face and one, before the world was the way it was, criminals were covering their face. But now in a world where that is no longer out of the norm, right? Like it's weird to not have a face covering on. So how are we going to see who's who? Especially like I'm not saying that someone is completely identifiable from like their nose to their chin, but things like chin shape and the way that your mouth is structured, if you have teeth or do not have teeth, the shape of your nose, those are like big facial identifiers. And if you can't see that, how are you going to do it? You're going to do it by body measurements. And if you've been with us from the beginning or you've listened from episode one, you'll remember Velisca back in the day. Everything always comes back to Velisca. Velisca or Black Forest, one of the two. Or ghosts. It goes back to their tail. But we talked about what came before fingerprints and it was body measurements. It was like the length of fingers and things like that. And like the pressure that like a leg would need to be or like the weight of a leg and that kind of stuff. And it seems like to a certain extent, we're circling back and going like maybe doing body measurements kind of is the way to go. Because if someone's face is covered or obscured, that might be what we need. But I thought that was like an interesting like circle to get to. Yeah. So let's bring it back to a little more unexplainable. I guess. Yeah. The idea of a parallel universe. And I already said at the beginning, but most of the time when I look at TikTok, as I'm scrolling for my 10 minutes, I I put my timers on now. Like I'm like, I have 10 minutes to do this. I wish I had that willpower. I do not. (laughs) I would stay up for like six hours though. So 10 minutes of my TikToks. And I feel like the parallel universe theories come up now so much and I've been really fascinated with it. Yeah. Especially too. Uh, the whole, I don't know if you watch Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but it comes up a lot in like the Marvel movies in a sense, too, that there's like the timeline of events and stuff. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, like alternate universes, right? Like that's part of it. And look, I know you're like Marvel. I'm also a DC gal, but DC also has the multiverse. So does Marvel. Yeah, I know. But like in if you watch like The Flash or like television show wise, but if you watch like The Flash or Arrow, there is different versions of the same character in episodes. And I'm like, this is sometimes exhausting. I'm pretty sure that's going to be happening with Spider-Man coming up. Yes. Yes. I've already (laughs) seen that there's going to be some some brief cameos. But like, yeah, alternate universes, they're everywhere. Yeah, alternate universe, parallel universe, all of those things are fascinating. So Lee Roberts, that paranormal investigator I brought up before, discussed the idea that there is more than one version of you existing at the same time, but living on alternate realities. It's cool, but then it's also like, oh, that's scary. I don't know why. I think it's scary, but it's also, I think it's the idea that like, what if the other you made different choices and is happier? Yeah, like what if they're better? Yeah, like, what if they are happier in their life than I am? Not that I'm not happy, but like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, what if they're more successful? What if they're more like, whatever, right? Yeah, like, what if they figured out whatever, like, mixture of decisions? The right one. Would have gotten me. Yeah, like. Weird. 
that's what I don't like is is knowing (laughs) knowing that there could be another Lindsay that's better than me. God damn it. We'll kill her. (laughs) We'll kill her. (laughs) You thought you made all the wrong decisions. You didn't because you shouldn't have messed with this dimensions Lindsay and I'm pointing my pen at Amanda as I say it just I felt like you needed the full effect listener yeah so he believes that the doppelganger phenomenon is caused by people suddenly gaining the ability to tap into another time phase to view alternate versions of themselves or other people time phase right I don't like that also wouldn't you hate to have that ability well they're saying they either are doing it accidentally they're somehow doing it Like they learn how to do it. There's so many different things that I read about. And I think we'll go into a few of them. So there are beliefs, too, that people can navigate through the vortex using astral projection. Do you think there's a vortex bouncer there? I hope so. There better be. And if not, I'm applying. Or else. Or else. So there are a few stories that I found of people doing just everyday things like driving or walking down the street, even noticing something strange happening. Like, for instance, the street looking wavy all of a sudden and then going about their days only to discover there was two of them at some point during that day. I would like to point out before you were being facetious about it before, but when people are talking about the vortex, the rainbow vortexes in Black Forest, when you look at the videos on YouTube, you see it wavy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So maybe maybe that's it when you're close to the vortexes. So one of them, one of the stories I found, it didn't really say any names or anything. It was just like, this is what happened. But a man was walking down the street and he says that he walked past himself while walking. I don't like it. Like he looked up and he was like, oh, oh, that's weird. And like, I think he was just so frightened. He didn't really do anything else. He just kept on his journey. He knew better than to interact with it. Yeah. Another one that I found and they said her name was changed. So I'm like, I don't know what her real name was. But a woman was driving home and then she came home and her daughter looked at her and started to shake. And when she asked the daughter, like, what's wrong? Her daughter replied, you've already come home and you went into the bathroom. That's creepy. Creeps me out. I want to leave that dead silence in there because like I just like stared at Amanda blinking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was the one that said that while she was driving, it looked like the street kind of got wavy for a second. But she was just like, maybe I'm tired. You know, something didn't think about it much. Got home. And then, yeah, her daughter's like, you already came home. But in that instance, would it be her or her daughter who saw the doppelganger then? Right. Because like her daughter. If one of them's tapping in, it's not the person who saw the waves. It's the person who saw the doppelganger, right? Interesting. I mean, yeah. Or maybe remember some of the doppelgangers can do the thing before you. So maybe it like jumped in a little bit ahead of her, you know, like she opened a thing. Yeah. Like the portal, if you will, opened and the doppelganger just cut her off a little, (laughs) went home, did her normal routine, and then she was gone. Look. We know that I'm always going to talk about every episode before, but now I have to talk about Van's hardware, because what do you think he would have done if rather than seeing that fluffy pillow move across the street, if he would have seen himself, he would have absolutely shit himself. I think we'd have more blogs. We'd have a hell of a lot more blogs because there'd be two of them writing it. (laughs) It's the funniest thing I've ever said. I can't stay on topic to save my life. (laughs) Anywho. So everything just comes back to Vance Hardware is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
All right. So let me tell you another story. This one I thought was really cool. I feel like this could be like its own little movie. We'd have to sprinkle in some stuff, but it, it could work. It could be a short film. Yeah. It's a story of Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Quite a name. Yeah, I love it. So he was an 18th century German poet. He was riding on the road to Drusenheim when he saw his exact double riding towards him. His double, however, was wearing a gray suit trimmed in gold. Then the figure disappeared. Eight years later, he was traveling on that same road again, but in the opposite direction. Then he suddenly thought back to that day and realized that he was wearing the same suit that he had seen on his double years before, and he believes that he somehow had saw his future self. Okay, I have two questions. The first is related, and the second is less related. Great. So the first one is, okay, so I want you to imagine you see yourself, doppelganger self. You are armed with the knowledge of doppelgangers now because we have done thorough research. Are you, like, memorizing what she's wearing? I would hope so, yes. You know, but also think of, like, when you're kind of in shock. Like, think of when we talk about when you see something horrific or just insane or scary or whatever it may be. You kind of freeze and you know what you saw, but then, like, trying to refer to it later, you can't quite remember what car it was or what color it was or what shirt color So I'd like to say yes, but also I know that I would be like mind blown. Yes. Okay, fair. I do think, however, I would recognize it. Yeah. If presented with that item of clothing, especially this sick ass gold trim suit, like (laughs) I feel like you would notice a gold trim suit. And also like just to put it out there, if this was us, we would have then killed that doppelganger because he was wearing a gold trim suit. Would have been like, get him. Then us living in that moment, we would be like, this is the moment I die. What if we're the doppelganger, though? I don't like it. Oh, I keep getting chills. I'm unsettled. And my second question is, is how often do you hear of someone nowadays having the profession of being a poet? I feel like I want to see that more. You know what, though? Yes and no. So until like recently, no. But now at the inauguration, remember Amanda Gorman? Yeah, no, that's true. She did a phenomenal job. She did. Of course. Yes, there is that status of poet. But I feel like when you're talking about like old timey days, like you could be an average poet. Yeah. You could be like someone who is churning out poems and people are like, yes, give me more. I want that. Like people, I feel like enjoy poetry when it is thrust upon them now, but aren't actively going and looking for poetry. I'm a person who is actively going and looking for poetry. So I will take any and all recommendations. What if your doppelganger is a poet? I could see that. I would love that for her. I would be also very sad. I think that would actually be the most earth shattering version of myself where there is a version of me that is a successful writer because they have like made whatever choices to get them there. That would be pretty. I can't think of the word. It would rock me to my core would be I'm like touching my chest like (gasps) it's like heart attack. The audacity (laughs) of her. But anyway, let's talk about some real, I say real, but like, quote unquote, real, right? Because what is anything? (laughs) What is anyone's perception? But real doppelganger sightings with people you've likely heard of. So the first we're going to talk about is Catherine the Great. And she was Empress of Russia throughout the 18th century. And she was the longest female leader in the country's history. She had an encounter with her doppelganger pretty soon before her death in 1796. So one night, she's asleep. Her servant frantically wakes her up, saying, 
they saw her double sitting in her throne room. Okay, not great. Not great. Also, I would imagine if you were royalty, that's literally the last place you want your double being. (laughs) Probably, yeah. So she got up and followed her servant to the throne room and then told them to shoot her doppelganger. I was trying to look. I was like, so what happened right after this moment? And I couldn't find exact information. Clearly, I mean, it's from 1796. But from what I understand, she saw her doppelganger on the throne. But then nothing happened when they shot the double. And then I'm guessing she just disappeared because I couldn't find anything after that moment. Hmm. I also think what's interesting is that I have no proof of this, but it's just a thought that I thought was a thing that royalty would often have doubles. Like they would have somebody who looked similar to them around for appearances or to throw people off of the case or scent. Like I've heard people say that like the Queen of England now has a double. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, first off, I don't think they knew back in the day, right? Because you didn't see people that often and it's not like they were on television. But I also don't think that I am aware of people's faces enough who are royalty to be able to be like, she has a freckle under her eye that's misplaced. <laughs> right. Have you ever done those like BuzzFeed articles, like which is the real person and which one's the impersonator? Because I do not do well. I do very well. I'm like, because I feel like it's always very clear. I'm like, that's not what that person looks like. Not on all of them. We're taking different quizzes then. Yeah. Uh, Next time. Next time it comes up. I'm going to be like Lindsay. Please do. Please do. So back to this story. They shoot the doppelganger. And then a week later, Catherine dies suddenly of a stroke. Do, 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 do. Creepy. Yeah. So there's also a rumor that Queen Elizabeth saw a corpse-like figure of herself on her bed and then died shortly after. I would immediately die if I saw my own corpse in my bed. Immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Heart attack right there. I would just imagine I was having an out-of-body experience and I was already dead. You're like, well, I'm dead. Never mind. Have you ever seen yourself? Seen myself? Like, out-of-body experience, look down on yourself. I have not. No. Have you? I did when I was like 12. Yeah. Were you astral projecting? I do not know, but I did not like it. No, not a fan? (laughs) Not a fan. Would not recommend? 10 out of 10 would not recommend. (laughs) I also lived in a house that was very haunted. And so I thought it had something to do with ghosts. I don't know. But it was weird. I did not like it. Well, you're still alive, so it did not kill you. Yet. So another story is from Percy Shelley, and he was a poet, and he told several people that he would often see his doppelganger, and even some of his friends claimed to have seen his double at one point or another. In 1822, he saw his double walking from his Italian beach house to the shore, so he followed the double to the shore. When they got there, the double pointed at the waves and then vanished. Days later... He was killed in a sailing accident. Do you think his wife, the famous Mary Shelley, a.k.a. the person who wrote Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. saw this? I don't know. I would think that she would have like written about it, maybe, or put it in something. Yeah, I feel like we would have seen it. Yeah. Right? I just feel like we would have. Or or yeah, like it would have been like a topic for something that she wrote. But you know what? Do I know all of her writings? I don't. Mm -mm. Now I need to know. (laughs) So here's another one. And you'll know this name quite well, Abraham Lincoln. And we've talked about how when he was in the White House, all kinds of weird shit happening, right? Yeah. He doesn't tell a lie, but he does believe in like the spooky. 
So the story actually comes from Noah Brooks' book, Washington in Lincoln's Time from 1895. And he personally knew Lincoln and basically like transcribed his words. So shortly after Lincoln was elected in 1860, he came home and in a reflection, he saw himself reflected in double. And here are his words. Looking in that glass, I saw myself reflected nearly at full length. But my face, I noticed, had two separate and distinct images, the tip of the nose of one being about three inches from the tip of the other. I was a little bothered, perhaps startled, and got up and looked in the glass, but the illusion vanished. So his friend, journalist Noah Brooks, was called into his office to discuss this, right? He wanted to tell someone about it. Fair. He continued to say, on lying down again, I saw it a second time, plainer if possible than before. And then I noticed that one of the faces was a little paler, say five shades than the other. Creepy. Okay. I also like that he was clearly like eyeing it down. Yeah. Eyes on the prize. Like he was looking. He was like five shades paler. Not four, not six, five. Yeah. So when he told his wife Mary about it, she believed it to be a bad omen. And Lincoln also talked about his wife's thoughts. She thought it was a sign that I was to be elected to a second term of office and that the paleness of one of the faces was an omen that I should not see life through the last term. So Mary kind of predicted what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when someone predicts a person's death, you're either right or gleefully wrong. Right, right. No one's like, oh, you said I'd be dead by now. I mean, I could see it. Sometimes life is exhausting. But you see what I'm saying? Like, happy to be wrong or I'm right. Yeah, yeah. But also creepy that she knew second term. Exactly. And just to throw it out there. April 15th of 1865 is when Abraham Lincoln died. He had been sworn into a second term of office on March 4th of 1865. So a little over a month later. Woof. And remember, too, I think we talked about Mary before in the Ouija episode, I want to say. Somewhere in there. Because she would often do a lot of paranormal investigations of her own, I guess you could say. Loved her. I love that she was like, spiritualism, I'm going to get to know you. Let's do it. Okay, this next story is my favorite of all of them. I also would say that Emily Sagi's story, I feel like if you've ever looked up doppelgangers, you've likely seen her story. Fascinating, though. So in 1845, Emily was 32, and she started working at a French private girls' school in Latvia. She was a great teacher, and everyone loved her. Now, let's look on the other side of that. At first. Yeah, at first. However, she had taught at 18 different schools over the prior 16 years. That's a lot of schools. So she's done some bouncing. So that's a little bit of a red flag. But I'm like assuming like back in 1845, like she could have been like, I taught at one school in a country that you'll never reach out to, right? Or a place like you'll never contact. So students began talking about how there were two of her. And her double was seen for the first time in the classroom where there was 17 students. And Emily was writing on the board and her double appeared and began to mimic her movements. So the second time her double was seen, Emily was eating the dining hall. And then they saw her double mimicking her actions as though they were eating. Then the sightings became more and more frequent. And it wasn't as though like the double wasn't always there, but she was there a lot. 
In one instance, Emily was helping one of the students get ready for an event. And Emily was like at the hem of her dress helping her fix it. And the student was like looking down, talking to her and then looks up away. And then when she looks back down, there's two Emilys fixing her dress. She then passes out. So fair. During the summer of 1846, 42 students were having a sewing lesson. While they were practicing their sewing, Emily was in the school's garden picking flowers. And the students could see her outside doing this and could see that she had not come in. And tuck that away. You're going to want to remember that. So the sewing teacher stepped out of the room for a moment. And as she did, Emily's double appeared at the front of the room and was just staring at the kids. Emily later reported that she had been considering coming in to the room at the exact moment that her apparition appeared. Creepy. There's a few different reports of what the girls in the room did. And then so each variation is a little bit different. So some say the girls got up and were trying to touch the phantom, but the air, there was like a resistance around it. Others say that they were all able to walk through it. And a few sources also say that the apparition kind of had the heft of a cobweb. So it wasn't nothing, but it wasn't heavy. Interesting. So Emily never saw her double, but it seemed as though she could feel when it was there because her face would go pale. She would be lethargic and her movements would become, quote unquote, listless whenever her apparition was nearby. And then once it disappeared, she'd be her normal self again. Interesting. So eventually, not surprisingly, Emily was fired from her position because the kids were afraid. But there were also some kids who were not afraid. They were just like, whatever, there's two Emilys. And I was like, that's the chillest child. So this is also why she had been fired from so many schools, because the children were like, what is this? And what's interesting with this one is it doesn't appear to foretell her death or any bad omen or anything like just like that. Like it was just a part of her life that was inescapable and she had no control over. Poor girl. I wonder what happened after because I couldn't find anything on her. I couldn't either. So Emily's first story was written by Robert Dale Owen in his 1860 book. It was titled Foothills on the Boundary of Another World. He had heard the story from one of the girls who had attended the school where Emily had taught. So Professor French, let's bring it back to science science again. (laughs) Professor French, who we discussed earlier, looked into the story and then he had some thoughts based on some research that he had done prior. And his research was from 2014 and he used a fake psychic. Love it. Who would use sleight of hand to bend a key in front of 180 study subjects who believed it was happening through telekinesis. After the trick was done by the psychic, right, fake psychic, the psychic told half the participants, look, it's still bending. Even though the shape of the key hadn't changed when he made that claim, 40% of the students confirmed that the key had carried on curving. Hmm. That number rose to 60% when the subjects were put into pairs. So with their partner acting as kind of like the stooge to insist that, yep, I saw it continue bending. And then the other one's like, well, you know, they're going to believe their partner. Mildly relevant. But so you're aware. Did you know that the person in a study who was doing that is known as the Confederate? (laughs) Interesting. It's just a fact of the name that it's called. Sorry, please continue. (laughs) So he believes the story of Emily is a clear example of memory conformity. And that's when a person's report of a memory influences another person's report of the same incident. As the story of her double spread throughout the school, possibly an overconfident witness could have knowingly created false memories for everyone else in the school. Either that or the whole thing was a prank engineered by the girls, per Professor French. Now, when you said that she had taught at so many other schools, 
I wonder if that rumor continued school to school. They'd be like, oh, new teacher. Wonder where she taught at before. Or somehow they were able to get information. And perhaps it was like a weird game of telephone. And then people like, well, I saw it yesterday. And they're like, mm-hmm, I want to see it too. Yep, I saw it too. Or alternatively, it was part of the lore of that original story. It was like, yeah, the reason why she's here is because she got fired from 18 other schools in 16 years. And it's not as though those children are going to go find that out, but it does explain where she was before. Yeah. And we talked about that with like pseudo facts in our Bunny Man episode where people will insert like things that seem very real into the story so that it seems like, well, like this is a fact I could go prove. And regardless of whether you prove it or not, you're still going to think that it's real. Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been one mastermind child. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. So our last story is that of George Tyron. And on June 22nd of 1893, Vice Admiral Tyron made an interesting choice to maneuver his ship in a way that ended up causing a collision. And this collision was not just between his ship and one other ship, but two other ships. So there were 357 sailors plus himself that died in the Mediterranean Sea as a result. And at the same time, his wife was in London having a party with her friends and some other London elite. Now, remember, he's in the Mediterranean Sea making bad choices on boats. And people see him in the party in full uniform walking down the stairs. He walked through some of the rooms and then exited through a door and just vanished. The following day, when the guests learned of his death, they were very surprised because they had just seen him and they saw him at the exact time he was dying at sea. That's spooky. That is spooky. And I love the idea of like he is dying and like where his spirit chooses to like flash for the last time is at his wife's party. Mm, I like it. Sit at everyone one more time. Just one more. But that, yeah, that story gave me chills. Yeah, I loved it. So when we were talking at the beginning about doppelgangers being seen kind of everywhere now in art, literature, everything, here's a few examples that we saw. So in art in 1851, there's a sketch and an 1864 watercolor called How They Met Themselves by Gabriel Rosati. And then in the infamous Gilgamesh, he battles and befriends his doppelganger in Kidu. In literature, there's James Hogg's Private Memoirs and Confessions of a Justified Sinner. Hans Christian Andersen has a story called The Shadow and Jekyll and Hyde, right? Everyone knows that one. Mm -hmm. So in a few poems, there's Elizabeth Barrett Browning, the romant of Margaret. And Edgar Allan Poe had Silence and William Wilson. So there's a couple current movies. You You could say current. They're not so, so current. But Us is one. That is the movie that every single legend we talked about felt like it was touched on, especially the Hopi Native American legend, where what's happening underground is happening above. Yes, I loved that movie, too. It was really chilling and just so good. Phenomenal. One of the best horror movies I've ever seen. There were some plot holes, but I liked the way it made you think, right? And it's got the mirrors, too. Yeah, loved it. I feel like it touched on so many of the legends that we talked about. We were like, huh. But like, this is doppelgangers. That's doppelgangers in the truest sense of the word, too. Yeah, it really is. If you haven't seen it, you have to look it up. Yeah. So the other one is The Double with Jesse Eisenberg. Vampire Diaries is another one. I know Lindsay's into it. If you watch The Vampire Diaries, when you hear doppelganger, that is what you think of. 10 out of 10. Have you ever watched it? I have watched pieces of it. It is a treasure and a delight, and I will (laughs) not entertain any other opinions otherwise. Am I saying it is art, like high quality cinema or film type style? Absolutely not. But is it a good time? And did Ben and I binge it? Yes. 
and 10 at a time would recommend. There's like a bazillion seasons and there's spinoffs. It's great. And they talk about doppelgangers a lot. And like they have all types of powers and they can do all types of crazy things. But like as soon as we were like doppelgangers, I was like Elena and Catherine. And if you know, you know. Fair. Sorry, please continue. And the other one would be probably The Matrix. Yeah. Mr. Anderson. I haven't seen that in years. I don't even remember. Have you seen the trailer for the new one? Yeah, but I was like, I need to go back. He is, as I remember it, a computer simulation. But like the idea of copies. Interesting. So, uh, Amanda. Yes. Word on the street is that your husband has a doppelganger. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's from history. Oh, please tell me everything. I need to know. So years ago, I want to say it was his birthday. Some of our friends are just like giggling, giving him this gift. And he's opening it up and it's a framed picture. And he's like, who is this? And they're like, we don't know. We saw this image. I want to say they were watching like either History Channel or they saw it in some sort of history thing. Right. But they're like, why were you in the war? (laughs) The war. Which one? Oh, I don't remember. But here, I'm going to send you the picture of it. And uh, they have no other information other than he was in a specific war and it looks like my husband and it's hilarious. Oh, my God. It's really the nose, too. Yeah. I'm just realizing that there is this thing here that I do not know if it is everywhere. When I say the phrase old timey photos, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. That is everywhere where you like go and you can dress up in an old saloon and you have the guns and all. I feel like he needs old timey photos in this pose. In this like uniform and pose. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would be like the same picture twice. Yeah. It's very weird. We actually have the framed picture of this man in our office. Is yours like a print or is he like a person? He's a person. Do you know how to do a reverse image search? Yeah, I mean, I think they had an article that it came from or so. I can't remember. It's been years. They had somewhere that it came from, but it didn't say who it was. It just said, and soldiers did this. I must know. I must know immediately everything. I'm uploading an image to Google image search right now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we'll find Mike's great, great grandfather. (laughs) What? It comes up. Yeah, it comes up. He's got a Wikipedia page. He's William Rosencrantz. Oh, you know what? That sounds familiar. Maybe we didn't know his name. And he was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from California's first district. So he was in the Southwest. His nickname's Old Rosie. Oh, I will be referring to Mike as nothing else. Nothing else. As you should. As you should. Yeah. He's only old Rosie. My husband's doppelganger, old Rosie. Some of the pictures, the older pictures don't look like him. But in that particular one, they're the same person. I mean, well, don't you want to know how your husband ages? Yeah. Google images. (laughs) It's all the same. He apparently he gets a very he's going to get a bigger beard. He's going to lose his hair. Let him know. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think that's been fixed through genetics. What I love is that that photo that you're looking at, there are several photos of him that look the same from the shoulders up, but there's some where he's sitting and there's some where he's leaning on something and then there's some where his hands are at his side. There's another one where he's holding a book. Have you seen the photo that has color in it? Colorized past. I'll have to put these pictures up so you (laughs) can see. It's so funny. Look at the color version and lose your mind because you were like, oh, he looks like him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Right? Yeah. Just some news for you. You do not look like his wife. 
I would describe her as a severe looking woman. She's seen a lot of shit, Lindsay. Well, yeah. I'm going to start doing my hair like that, though. As you should. I actually kind of had my hair in that style earlier a little bit because I was like trying to get it to dry with some curls. Okay. So, Amanda, there is an excellent article that has it's a listicle of doppelgangers and who they are. We will put it on our Instagram. I'm interested to see if people can guess who each person is supposed to be like, because I think that when we're talking doppelgangers, now that you're thinking people ratio. Yeah. You might not think of it the same way. So while researching, I found a website and the goal of the website is to find your doppelganger. Okay, I'm clicking it. Sounds intriguing, right? So the website is twinstrangers.net. Okay. No idea if it's an actual real thing. Free instant search. But it does have, which could be totally fake, I don't know, but it has videos of people that have reunited. And the cover people definitely look like they're their person, right? Yes. They're not related. The the blonde women were living in two different countries, from what I understand. But oh my goodness, some of these meetups are insane. So uh, have you done it yet? No, I haven't. Are we going to do it? Are we going to find our doppelganger? Yep. We're going to do it right now. This I feel like would be interesting live. I'm looking for a recent selfie that I took that feels like it's like a very accurate photo of me because I feel like that's step one. Okay, I'm going to do the same. See, I think I'm going to use the one from our anniversary episode. Love it. Love it. I'm using one from my bestie's reception. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to find our doppelgangers things or someone's going to make fake IDs out of our photos. I would love for someone to make a fake ID out of this photo. I've got really good eyebrows in it. Before you start, it wants to add a Chrome extension. Do we trust this? No. Is this how we get uh, hacked? Is this how they, they get us to finally pay for that weird Norton antivirus scam? You know how people are like getting locked out of their own computers? Internet, don't fail me now. So when you're on it, you have to make a account first. Okay. We found the best matches for this photo. Have a look now. There's a match of 82%. Okay. Do they look like you? No. <laughs> Is it offensive? No. Can I see them? Yeah, share my screen. Okay, so here's my matches. All right, you know my photo. Here's my matches. That person just has like a similar eye shape to you and is smiling. Yeah. Who are the... (laughs) They don't look anything like you. Like nothing like you. Maybe the third one a little bit. They're only looking at eye shape. Chopped. (laughs) No, none of these people. None of these people look like me. No. I love that it says what country they're in though. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Like if someone did actually look like you. Lindsay, did you figure yours out? Oh, I have 29 pages of matches. Jesus. They do it by percent of what matches, apparently. But my 82% match does not look like me. All right. I want to try another picture now. Now I'm addicted. I know. I like that they have you put your date of birth just in case it's like a parent trap situation. Give me your photo and I'll put yours in. Gosh, what if we find your doppelganger, Lindsay? Oh my God. Well, she better not be fucking living a better life than me. That's for sure. All right, Lindsay, you ready? You have an 86% match. What? I don't really see a similarity. I would love to look like her, but I don't. Oh my God, that poor thing. She's going to get matches and she's going to be like, that's what you think I look like. No. That person has a terrible photo. This person looks sad. Okay, so this isn't very accurate. 82, like, Mm -mm. this one's (laughs) lost. She looks offended. Like, it's an interesting concept, though. I don't even see a single feature that matches on most of these people. No, I'd say like this area, the chin, the mouth kind of. Okay, like a face shape kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I think there's features in these people, but I wouldn't say that this would be your doppelganger. But if any of you try this, I would love to see the pictures and see if 
you find your doppelganger, but it's twinstrangers.net. The login is very weird and it doesn't work very well. But if you make a little account and then pretend like it failed and then go to login, it looks like it works 50% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would much prefer a website where you gave some measurements, like you gave the circumference of your head, distance between pupils, face length. And then I wanted to generate what you look like based on that. Okay. And then find your doppelganger. Or your twin. I'm more like the features. Because am I ever going to be like, that person's nose is exactly the same nose? It's going to be like, that's the same shape, right? Like Mike Stoppelganger has the same shaped nose, but I, I don't know the differences. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So now I'm like, I don't know. Do I hope that they find their doppelganger? Because if they do, is it a bad omen or is it not? Uh, unclear? Unclear. Good luck. All right. Well, Lindsay, do you think that you have a doppelganger out there? No. Have you ever been in a situation where someone's like, you were here? I will say, I don't think I have a doppelganger, but I have consistently in my life had people be like, oh my God, you look so much like XYZ. And like you look at that person and I'm like, they're also a curvy girl with glasses with a similar color of hair. Most women look different. Everyone looks different. This is unrelated, but someone in my life was at a salon that I was at and they full on walked up to another person thinking they were me and had a conversation with them, playfully hit them, did a little bit of like a a funny insult to them. And that person was like, I'm not who you think I am. And that person was like, stop playing, Lindsay. Oh, no. (laughs) They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And the person was like, I'm not Lindsay. I'm Jessica. (laughs) That's interesting. Did you see the other person? Did she actually indeed look like you? Nothing like me. Nothing like me. She just had like well-maintained eyebrows and was a curvy gal with me. You know what? Well-maintained eyebrows. That's a win. Yeah. I'm all about eyebrows. You know that good eyebrow energy. Well, I was in California earlier this year buying something at a little beach shop. And the woman was like, oh, I know you. And I'm like, you do? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I've met you. We've met several times. And I'm like, I don't live here. And she's like, okay, but I I know you like we've talked. So I think I might have someone that looks very, very similar. Amanda has very distinctive purple hair. So the idea that there's someone out there with the same shade, you don't have a commonly purple color. No. So fascinating. Now, I have been told by the people at Home Goods that they recognize me. It is because they recognize me. Because <laughs> I, in fact, do go to Home Goods. Well, we want to know about your doppelgangers. Yeah, send them our way. I want to see. I'm so excited. Woo. Well, with that, have a good weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. For more information on our sources, please visit our website, truecreeps.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at True Creeps Pod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash truecreepspod, and on Twitter at True Creeps. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps. 